Well, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 272. That's 272. It's the ENS. Woo! Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. Delighted to be joined in the same room, in the same room, in the same office as Mr. Liam Keane, Wolverhampton Wanderers reporter extraordinaire. How are you, Bebe? I'm very well. It's been a while, hasn't it? it I've not it? seen you for what? Five, five weeks, something like that? I mean, I, I, I miss seeing you, however... Be honest. Go I'll, on. I'll be honest. The only reason I'm in here is because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here we go. Go on. Let's hear we it. had a bit of an issue. Well, I had a bit of an issue with a brand new, as people who listened to the podcast about a few weeks ago realised that I had my laptop stolen out the back of my car um, in, a, in a London trip about a month and a half ago. So, so lovely new um, laptop that's been given to me. And 15 grand laptop. <laughs> we'll, take a, we'll, we'll move a decimal place. <laughs> Maybe not um, and, uh, and yes, I was gladly working away on, what day is it today? Thursday is it today? So Tuesday. And I had a big hot mug of tea next to me, and I think the rest is history. I think you can kind of put uh, two and two together and get four. All of a sudden, just panic, drying, opening my laptop, closing down. Anyway, long story short, 48 hours later with IT, we are working. You can listen to us, hopefully. If, 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 if the podcast cuts off at any point, you know why. That's <laughs> because don't blame me, blame Yorkshire Tea. But we're here. It's all good. Um... First of all, I mean, look, this is going to be our second to last, our penultimate Christmas episode. So, now I'm a late person with presents, I am. Especially, la- I'm, I'm, I'm very much last minute, very much last minute. But have you uh, have you done all your all your shopping at the Manda Centre, of course? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all done, mate, all done. Um, I walked into the Manda Centre once okay. uh, recently. It's not, I mean, so, sorry if you were high up at the Manda Centre or work there, but... <laughs> It's quite a depressing place to be in, <laughs> it's walking no around. Is it? It's definitely no, there's no Harrods, uh, Harrods shop window. It's very, I just feel very lonely in there. It feels very, very sad sometimes. Maybe, <laughs> it's, sad. maybe it's nice. Maybe it's nice. Maybe at Christmas. Maybe I should go in there today. It's packed, but it just feels, just feels very. Um, I don't know. Um, almost, almost um, desolate. Um, as you know, and the listeners will know, I don't live in Wolverhampton, so I've been to the Manda Centre. What's your address again? Uh, is I've been there maybe twice. Okay. So I don't. It's been a long time since I was in there as well. So went for a Wolf's kit launch a while ago. That was interesting. That was the uh, Danny Bart days. I, I've seen. Remember seeing the pictures of those? Haven't that, they? Was it was it Nuno's, Nuno's first season, I think, and Danny was still there at the club. So I remember seeing the pictures of him in the kit. I remember Neves at the Manda Centre, yeah. which was quite. Uh, Astonishing, really, uh, and that was that the, the summer he signed. I'm sure it would have been. Yes, and it was the it was the in inverted commas yellow kit yes. that everybody hated at first, but obviously became iconic because of how well they did that year. Ah, oh, no, the yellow one was the first season back up in the Prem. Oh, so I think that was so, it. So that, that was, was the it. unveiling, and it, yeah. and it would have been before Danny left the club then, because he went out on loan, didn't he? Because it was, that. I think Neves was there, Jota was yeah, there. Yeah, you're right, yeah, 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 it was, yeah. So no, it was, it was Nuno's second, well, second just before season. the second season, yeah. yeah. Um, the glitch yeah. and glamour. Yeah, I've not... Um... I think Ruben's been in since. <laughs> since <laughs> Wait, of course not. <laughs> I don't think any of them come into the, into the city centre. Although, I do remember... Um, I think it might have been like a Guardian article or something like that from uh, Neves and Jota sat on that bench outside the what used to be a Portuguese cafe in the middle of town. Oh yes, yes, which, yes. Which is no longer. Portuguese. Is it not there anymore? No, it's. I think it's some some sort of like. Oh, it's a, it's like a falafel. place. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's changed now, but yeah. you, you, and they used to. I mean, I don't know how much they actually used to go in there. No, they, no. <laughs> there was so you went there for the cameras and for the yeah. picture, basically. Because the bench is right outside the front of it. It's still there. And, they, mm-hmm. and I remember seeing the pictures of them outside. Um, yeah, I don't think you'd see them around there anymore. There is a HMV, though, still there, which I Ooh. thought distinct. In, uh, I thought that was uh, defunct. In, um, uh, that was in the Manda Centre. I can remember going into, this is this was back in the day, this was Chubby Judah days, back in um, 13. No, th- no. Last year? No, no. Yeah, last year. Probably, <laughs> probably, probably now after coming back from holiday. Um Actually, no, I was probably 15, 16, and had my first crush on, proper crush on a girl. What was his name? And um, there's nothing wrong with that key, though. Don't go down that line. Wait, I know there's not. I was just asking. And and, um, so I remember the girl, 
and she was inviting me to a house, which I thought, oh, nailed on here. Happy days. <laughs> Not really, there were 25 others invited as well. Oh, no. And she had the pool, but I was like, I was in love with her. We're getting married, we're getting hitched, oh, you know, in my head. I'm like, bless. everything, every text that comes in, you know, when you're like, oh, I see the text there, and then you're writing things back. It was great. to be every time she, her name pops up. So, um, so I thought that I, I thought I had a decent chance here. Okay. And um, it was the time when Titanic came out, the, oh. the movie. So, but you um, are old, aren't you? This was, this, this was unbelievable. Little, so at lunchtime, we're in the sixth form common room, and I've gone. This oh, it sounds so cringy. <laughs> oh, mate, I don't even know where this is going. <laughs> I've gone I'm to, terrified. I've walked into town, which is a good forty minutes. We're gonna get an hour break, but I have forty minutes there, forty minutes back to get to to queue up oh, no. for for Celine Dion's "My Heart <laughs> Will Go On" CD. We can just come out. And this is up in Hull, is it? Huh? This is uh, this is in Hull, yeah. This is Hymas oh, College in Hull. That's, Private that's incredible. Anyway, and uh, I wrap it up for her. <laughs> this was almost this was almost like this was almost like um, this is almost like kind of will you go out with me? You know what I mean? Wrap it up for her, and I put it into a don't know how I did it into a satchel. And, um, oh, great, so you go through a girl's bag, then that's, that's a great look, Because, again, it? you can't do that these days. Uh, with a little note uh, saying, just that this this made me think of you, Nathan Kiss or something. <laughs> Thinking of you? Oh, dear. Anyway, the result of that was the next day I opened my locker at school and returned what's the CD. Oh, no. <laughs> just returned. With nothing on it? Opened and kind of like with the, with the wrapping still on it, returned... <sighs> Denied, devastated. That's actually oh, it was cr- that's it was, brutal, you know. It was like Ralph from The Simpsons, where he goes <laughs> choo choo choos you, and then you just see the minute, the second when his heart breaks. Look, I don't blame her for turning oh, no, him down. Absolutely no. no. Look, no. she's well within her right to turn him down. Maybe slightly harsh. Maybe she could have let down gently. But where are you now, Katie Mae Evis? And, no, where, and where don't am tell I? Tell me you remember her name. Oh, mate, you always remember your names. That's that's incredible. She's probably like sixty-five now. That's... You do a bit. Of, you do a bit of Facebook stuff. Don't tell don't. me you haven't done a bit of stalking back in your day. Nah, mate. I don't. I don't. I don't really have many exes. Oh, you, yeah, but everybody has a little bit of a a little bit of a search just to see just to see what what they're doing these no, days. They're searching for me, mate. They know what they oh. they know how far I've come. They're, oh. looking, they're looking for me. That's oh, the way it works. Oh. In fact, I um, I'm taking you all the way back to uh, your laptop story. You can tell we haven't got a lot to talk about this episode, haven't you? Because we're still... Go on, carry on. I was meant to mention it. It just mm. sprung into my mind. I, I've actually poured a cup of tea over a laptop Have you? in my past. On, um, when it was on? When it was on. Mm. Um, I was about 13 or 14, I think. Oh, don't rub it in. <laughs> Last year. Yeah. Um, it was on Christmas Day. Oh, no. It was my sister's laptop. Ah, uh, that's not great. It was It was a really awkward... I was quite upset about mm. it. And it got to the point where like, I, I I felt so guilty and was upset about doing it to her laptop. You had to buy a new Etch-a-Sketch. <laughs> I couldn't afford that. That she got annoyed with how upset I was about it. She was like, it's my laptop. Why are you so upset? Oh, wow. And I was like, wow, that makes me feel even worse. Wow. Uh, luckily, me and Claire got a good relationship. She's a good sister, but... It reminded me of that because that was quite um, quite a traumatic time. So going back to um, going back to my, my initial question, I know obviously we went off at a tangent, but um, did you um, have you got your presents sorted out? I have. Um, I, I'm normally very organised, mm-hmm. um, but obviously being away up until late uh, November, mm. I was a little bit late this year. But no, I'm I'm all sorted. I've, um, can can you can you divulge? Does she listen to this, Rosie, or not? Or I'll be honest with you, me and Rosie aren't doing anything. What for each other? What? And not in life anymore. I mean, just in, just in <laughs> presence. She's just broken up with her life on us. <laughs> it's not only uh, for you anymore. Bless her, she is punching. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. Um, yeah. Uh, no, we, we, we bought each other some slippers about a week ago. Christ. Um, this and, is a loveless marriage. And by bought each other, I mean she had a day off. She went in, bought two pairs. I just transferred her the money. Um, oh, God, this is so romantic. And, and that's it. Because That's it. I'll be honest with you, we're not really interested in spending too much money, mm. and we're just going to we're doing birthdays. Fortunately, my birthday is the 29th, so it's oh, four okay. days after Christmas. Okay. But her birthday is February, so um, we're doing that. But we're not doing Christmas. But family, I've done sorted. I've got everything bought, and I'll be honest with you, the wrapping's 
not been done by me. Rosie's done that. No, I can't do rapping. I can't. Do it's it. always got. To be. And she's very good at it. So yes. Be with this. So I like, that's her wheelhouse. Let her look after it. They, they, they love a bit of rapping. They love it. They I love getting. I don't understand how she gets it so perfect. It's ridiculous. I, I try. It's all lopsided and it's like one difficult. side's always fine with me, and the other side's an absolute Shut shit show. <laughs> it's horrendous. So yeah, I I, I am sorted. I'm organised. I'm good to go. Um, it's yeah. It's been alright to be fair. Good stuff. Right, let's go on to the old Wolverhampton Wanderers because we're 10 minutes in, so apologies to all those who haven't uh, fast-forwarded. I hope Katie's listening to this. Uh, yes, I hope she is too. Uh, um, right. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> it's astonishing. Astonishing returned. That's <laughs> so bad, honestly. Without a note. But in some way, you know, I know we said we're going to move on, but in some ways, mm-hmm. maybe that was her letting you down lightly because she could have just come in person and said, no chance, mate, sling your rook. <laughs> but... It's, I still feel it's a little bit harsh. Maybe she could have said something. There, wherever you... Okay, right. <laughs> Julian Lopetegui, undefeated as Wolves manager. Undefeated. What a manager. Oh, it's unbelievable. Incredible scenes. Where did they play? Was it Blues behind closed doors? It was, yes. Draw. 2-2. Two, two. Draw. Empoli, draw. Um, a a seven-goal thriller against Cadiz. I mean, the, the man can do no wrong. And what a thriller. Was oh, what, a, what a game. Amazing. Um, look, first two games... Our first two games that we've got to watch anyway on streaming. I'm sure plenty of you did. You can take bits away. I'm not going to take too much away from these games. You've got half a squad there. You know, this is mainly about, I would say, doing learning about his players, not, I would say, off the pitches as well as much as on the pitch. You know, what they're like in training is almost even more. And then the games are obviously there to, to kind of test a few things out, see how they're moving. But... You know, when you've got people in the World Cup, some people who are still injured, you're looking at players to get in January. I wouldn't read too much into some of these games. And when you get to see some of the comments, I'm like, goodness me, like these are just, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of a bonus to keep them into into match shape. But you know, there's been some good points. There's been some interesting interesting changes, I guess. Uh, we'll go to let's go straight to the Caddies one first because uh, obviously that was the the most recent. Um, and I guess. I guess a back five was was the thing that a lot of people were talking about. How do you do? You, do you see do you see a lot in that? Do you think that the Wolves could go to a back five, Liam, or do you think this is just him trying to get people games and trying to just fit fit in an eleven where he's gonna he's gonna get a, a good look at certain players? I think for the Gillingham game, I'll be very surprised if it's about five, purely because of, and no disrespect to them, but it's a League Two club that are struggling in that league as well this year, haven't scored many goals. I, I think it'd be a surprise if he did do that, particularly at home. Um, but I really, I, I'm slightly changing tune from last week, but I can see a world where he does play a back five, at least in the early days of the Premier League, because Wolves, surprisingly, are shipping goals. They, they were just before the break. They have been, well, they did against Cadiz. Um, they look a little bit fragile defensively. They need signings there, I think. And it wouldn't surprise me if he goes down that route for, for Everton away uh, and potentially for you know the next two or three games to come after that, up until he can make a few additions to the team. Um, particularly when you look at them being linked to a player like um, Felipe and been in talks to sign him. If they do bring a player like that in, um, of that kind of experience and calibre, perhaps it would make sense they play him centrally of uh, of a back three with, with Collins and, and Kilman either side. So um, I, can, I can see a world definitely where he sticks with that. It comes as a little bit of a surprise because of you know the history of Lopetegui and him playing four three three four two three one. Him starting off with that in these friendlies as well. Um, similarly, it could be a case of him just trying out a formation. But it, you would imagine the final friendly, which was the Cadiz one, would be an opportunity to play at least a system and some players that you are potentially going to go with against Gillingham and, and start to ramp up the preparations for that game. So um, it looks like something he may he may do um, in the weeks to come. And I think it's only really coming from a place of shoring up a defence that looks a bit leaky, leaky rather, to be honest. And and look, you know, Wolves are four points adrift as it stands yeah. from from Premier League safety. Um, for me, it's if you've got to play ugly football to get away from that relegation zone or at least get yourself back into that pack. And when I say back into that pack, one win gets you right back into that pack. It absolutely does. But if you've got to... If you've got to scrimp and scrape a couple of results and it's not good to watch, and he knows that as much as anybody, I don't think anyone's going to begrudge it, really. Surely results the most important thing. You know, I don't give a crap if Wolves are, are dreadful to watch and they get a couple of 1-0s, 
you know, on the counter-attack or however it may be, you know, we're not going to ha- get a Lopetegui side that's bursting full of talent that are scoring a plethora of, I hope we will do, but not by the end of the season, scoring a load of goals and keeping clean sheets, you know, this is someone who um, will have a plan, but will also have to work with the squad, as he said, you know, these are his main actors, I think, is what he said. You know, the bulk of his squad, which, of course, you're not going to bring in a new 10, 11, 12 players. This is only going to be maybe two to three players you're going to bring in, which hopefully will see you over the line and get you Premier League safety. That, for me, is the most important thing. It doesn't have to be pretty, does it? As long as you get the results that keep Wolves up. But, I mean, that is his task, is to keep Wolves in the Premier League. And if he has to do that in an, in an ugly fashion, I don't think he'll he'll care. Because the idea is to build beyond this season, but you have to get over the line first and stay in the league. So um, I think I think that's potentially what he'll do, and, and we'll know more hopefully in the next sort of few days and weeks to come. Particularly with press conferences coming up with with Lopetegui, and of course we'll see the the Gillingham game and how they play there. Um, but equally, he's going to make additions in January. He may then switch back to a four if he does start with a five. Depends on the kind of reinforcements he can bring in and, and, and the areas he can shore up. But he does need to make a handful of additions to make this team probably strong enough and competent enough to play in a four. Um, it's just ironic that, you know, one of the best players to play in that position, Connor Cody, is, is out on loan. Yeah, and we've, we've talked about that. We've, I mean, he won't be playing against against Wolves on Boxing Day, but at the same time, you know, if he... I'm sure he'll be there. <laughs> he, definitely will, he definitely will be there. Um, look, you know, it's... We've, we've, we've done it to death, really, but an st- astonishing situation to be in um, and that he can't be recalled. And look, you know, end of the day, like you say, you've got to shore things up at the back. Wolves are, you know, a negative 16 in, in goal difference. They're the second, that's the second worst goal difference in the Premier League, only Forrest are worse. Um, everybody's scored more than 10 goals, more than 11 or more goals this season. Wolves have scored eight in 15. So it's at the front, but it's at the back as well. And you know that, you know, goals... It's harder to it's harder to score goals than it is concede. I think so. If you can get a couple of clean sheets at the back, and if that means going back to a to a three at the back or whatever for for Everton or for a couple of other games, and you've got Villa coming up as well, Manchester United. I mean, those are three games really where you do need to keep it um, pretty solid at the back. You know, that's going to be. I think the most important thing. I mean, it's still astonishing. It's still incredible to me that they've won two games this season. Two games. Um, and they're lucky, really, that they're not adrift by any more. Um, the fact that other teams have been as poor as them this season. Um, Nathan Collins and Max Kilman. Uh, Max Kilman had a, a. I mean, some people say that Max Kilman's not had a great season this year, to be honest. Um, especially that last month going into the break. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to pick out, but there were a couple of bad passes. There was one very poor pass in that last game, I think, across his 18-yard yeah, box. Yeah, against Cadiz, yeah. Well, that led to um, Which led the to the goal. Yeah. Um, could you see a situation where one or two of these um, one or two of these guys are in trouble um, for their place? Or do you feel that it is going to be very much you, Lopetegui, bringing in one to assist them in a three? Or do you feel that one of them could lose their place? Well, I did say last week that if you know a Felipe, whether it's him or a Felipe-style player, is brought into the club, someone of experience and um, and stature, and uh, I don't know, a bit older, to be honest. Um, if someone like that comes in, and, and and they do play four, I can see Collins dropping out. Of course, it depends on the right-left scenario and, and you know what foot that that player is strongest at, of course. But uh, I could see that happening definitely. Of course, Collins is what twenty-one still. Matt's a little bit older. Um, but particularly after watching the Cadiz game, I think what they both need is a little bit of guidance. I do think they're both very talented players and they've shown that this season, particularly in the early stages of the season. Uh, we know what Max can do. We've seen him last year and, and in previous seasons. So they're very talented players, very capable players. Um, Max, of course, is a little bit older now and, and, and he's probably getting to the stage, particularly in the next year or two, where he, re- he really needs to stamp his own authority and become maybe a little bit of a bigger presence um, and personality within the squad but he's still you know, relatively young in comparison to others Collins of course as I said is, is still 21 and very young I think they both need a little bit of guidance and a little bit of um, guile as well and they're going to get that with a player alongside them potentially this is where I'm starting to slightly change my mind and, and think that Wolves will go with a, a back three back five in the Premier League at least in the short to medium mm. term and um, 
and have a new signing, hopefully, alongside in the centre of those two players. And look at who's played in the centre as well in, in these games. Um, Max has stayed on the left the whole time. Uh, Collins has played central briefly. Totti Gomez started there against Cadiz in the central position. So a little bit of a surprise. We thought we might see maybe Collins move in there, maybe or even Kilman, but Kilman's not not played there once. So um, I think they very much see Kilman staying out on the left. I think he brings a lot to that side because he's he's good at carrying the ball forward and mm. and, and being aggressive um, in, in in helping Wolves get up the pitch. But if you're going to do that, you need someone in the middle who's going to marshal that defence and someone a bit more experienced. I think they need that guidance alongside them at the moment to get them through this period. Mm. And they're more than capable of taking the mantle on themselves after that. But mm. I think at the moment, they need someone to carry them through. Um, let's go further up the pitch then. Let's go Let's go to the to the strikers. Um, we saw potentially deliver a knockout blow in the first game. Wow. <laughs> uh, he absolutely loves it, doesn't I he? couldn't believe he it, what I was it. seeing, honestly. I mean, I made a joke before the game, you know, saying that um, hopefully, hopefully it can be 11 versus 11 on the pitch. But, I mean, if that was a referee who was taking it seriously, he would have 100% have got sent off. It's absolutely incredible. I don't know if you saw um, Costa's... Um, Costa's did, Instagram, yeah. which was brilliant way, put a boxing glove on him. Um, and, but then I've scored, you know, in the, in the second game and, and looked pretty lively. Again, it's a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, you know, you've got to score goals. Uh, Diego Costa started both games. We've seen Raul Jimenez come on as a substitute. I think he came on on the hour in the first game. He's got 45 minutes under his belt in the second game. Anything that you've seen with, with, with Raul um, and, um, and, and how he looked? I think I'll address both strikers, uh, Costa and Raul. And if I'm honest, and reading my sort of analysis of the game and my comment piece on it, um, they were the only two of the forwards, you know, including the wingers, um, that slightly disappointed me a little bit. Um, Costa held the ball up quite well. A few nice layoffs to. Um, was he central? Because in the first game, he was very. He was a lot wider. Yes, he was. He was central. He had Pedence on his left and, and mm-hmm. uh, Adama on the mm-hmm. right. Um, a few nice layoffs to Pedence. Pedence's goal came from a pass from from Costa. So a few you know nice moments. He made a couple of runs in behind that weren't found. Mm-hmm. But overall, not enough impact on the game. Too quiet. Uh, Jimenez came on at half time, as you say, and. He got into positions in the six-yard box that he needs to take up. So if you look at the uh, the fourth goal, the the third own goal of the game, mm. um, when when Huang plays the ball across uh, across the box, Jimenez is in that position that he needs to be in to get a, a tap in from six seven yards. Um, it gets put in by a defender anyway, but he's, he's taken those positions up, which is which is a good sign because mm. he wasn't doing that earlier in the season when he was fit. But again, too quiet. Didn't get on the ball mm. enough. Same. Very similar uh, to Costa, unfortunately. Um, but you know, we'll take the small positives out of those two. I'm just not seeing enough of a presence from either of them at the moment. With Raul, I think he's going to need a little bit more time. Uh, having seen these 45 minutes, need a little bit more time post-injury. So perhaps, I, mean, I expect Costa to start against Gillingham anyway, but I did back Raul to start against uh, Everton. Mm. Possibly changing my mind there. Um is he fit? Do you think he's fit, or do you think? I do think he's fit. I do. I think well, he's fit enough to, to certainly come on and play a part. Mm. Uh, I don't think he's hundred no. percent. He doesn't. He doesn't look like he's fully at the races for me yet. Um, and that fitness, ha- fitness wise, because he hasn't looked at the races pr- when he was playing for. Let's be honest no, with himself. But but yeah. from a, from an actual physicality point of view, as in like you think that he's he's still he's still a bit short. Yeah. So in terms of the injury, and he's able to play. You know, he wouldn't be signed off to play if he wasn't. So of sure. course he's able to play. But in terms of being up to speed with the game, not doesn't mm. it didn't seem that way to me. Mm. Um, but that's going to happen when you haven't played since August thirty first, aside from the World Cup mm. game. So and then of course he only played a bit part in those as well. So um, he, he's got a little bit of a way to go. Costa, I'm afraid. Yeah, I don't think Wolves can rely on him as a goal scorer. Mm. He has shown good signs in in the few games he, he played for Wolves, but he's not been convincing. Um, he hasn't got the deadly touch that we were hoping, mm. um, or at least hasn't shown it yet. And Wolves, I think, have to sign a striker. Without mm. a doubt, they really do. Um, do you think they'll stay with the squad to the end of the season? Though? I think so, yeah. yeah. And I think you, you want those options as well, because you can have nine players on the bench. Mm. You want three strikers in the yeah. squad, I would argue. And if you're throwing someone on the last 10 minutes exactly. or whatever. And even if you do change and you play two up front, yeah. you've got a third option. Yeah. You've got options there. You, I think you have to bring a striker mm. in, that I really do, because Collage isn't going to be ready. No. Um, You'd be surprised if he plays this season. Mm. He may come back towards the back end, depends on his recovery. Mm. And you need someone who's going to supplement 
those two strikers. But if I'm honest, it's, it's more than that. It's someone who has to start ahead of them both. You need a first-choice striker right now. But you say right now, and, and that's the interesting, I think, going into January. First of all, players are a premium. Prices go up at a premium because it's the nitty-gritty. And let's be honest, Wolves are in the biggest conundrum of, of and, and the biggest trouble they've been for a long, long time because they're fighting to stay in this league. So clubs will know that. The clubs will know how desperate they are as well to, to get someone as a focal point. A Wolves, and look, you say you've got Kalajic, potentially you've got Raul, you don't know that, you don't know what the situation is going to be with him. Are you signing someone to be the main striker in a big deal going forward as being their number one guy for the next two, three, four years? Or are you signing someone on loan or in a short-term contract or just to be someone who you can rely on hopefully now but is probably going to be need another another big striker signing maybe in the summer? The points you make about the market are all absolutely valid and they're going to play against Wolves mm. definitely in January. But if Wolves are able to get the deal over the line... For me, it has to be a big striker signing. That's someone that's going to that's going to be at the club next season um, and be starting and, and leading and, the line and be starting every single week. There'll be tactical reasons why you do go with a Raul in, in a certain game, or perhaps even a Diego Costa, or a co combination of the two um, in certain games. There'll be tactical reasons for that. But absolutely, for me, the Wolves striker signing has to be someone who's going to play every week and is the main man. Raul Jimenez has not, you know, he's not shown pre-head injury form since he's come back. Mm -hmm. He, of course, had injury problems this season. He's got all of the things working against him in terms of the fan relationship at the moment, all the things with Mexico and the World Cup. Diego Costa is, you know, he's a lot older. He wasn't playing at Premier League level, had a long time off. He's still working his way back. Um, equally on Raul as well, he's 31. Mm. You know, he, he's getting older and, you know, as I say, hasn't really shown the, the, the form we're used to. Mm. Um both of them, for me, their time at Wolves is limited and certainly Costa because of his age and, and his deal on a one-year contract. Um, Kalajic will come back from injury. He's a bit younger. He will be a player for the squad, hopefully for next season onwards. But you can't but guarantee you, But you that. can't guarantee that. And I think you, I know they, they spent a decent amount of money on him, but you have to bring a number one striker in for me. And that's what I'm saying is that, you know, you talk about the, about Cunha's 23 and, and obviously been linked, but... And I said this last week, but at the same time, Hasn't scored in 17 appearances this season. You know, he has had some Brazil caps. He has had some success. But if you're talking about someone to be the number one guy and to score goals and to get someone out of relegation trouble on his, not on his own, but obviously being the focal point in that attack and going on to be the main man in two, three, four seasons, for me, that's not the, the person that Wolves are looking for, to be, to be that person. Unless you think, unless you think different, at 23 years old, you come into a brand new country. You know that people take time to settle. No matter, you know how well you know you get on with other players and how well you know other players, and 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 you know it takes a long time. So to get someone to to move countries, to move leagues, to move divisions, and to and expect them to score straight away. And you've looked at people like Diego Costa and people who have come in who have got loads of experience in the Premier League. Okay, albeit they're a lot older, but they can't score. It's it's almost too much asking someone to do that and be that focal point. So are you saying if they're looking at someone like Cunha and they get him in, they want someone else? Because that that this this for me isn't the guy who's going to do that. I mean, he might be great for two or three, four years' time, but you can't expect someone to come in in January at 23 years old, who hasn't scored seven, in his last 17, and be that person. I think Wolves um, have to bring in that person, or whoever that is. And that's the pressure that's going to be on whoever comes in. Mm. Because whether it's a wide player, and Cunha can play out wide, and I think Atletico Madrid fans, some of them will tell you that he's better utilised out wide as well. So there's potential there for him to be an option. Um, but whoever it is, and if it's big money they come in for, they have to know that the pressure's on them. Look, you've got to come in and score goals. Um, he hasn't done it this season, Cunha. Last season, he didn't really either. I think it was seven last year in all competitions. Go back to his Hertha Berlin days is when he was playing regularly and, and, and you know scoring regularly as well. Um, so he has got form of doing it, particularly when he starts every week and he has that consistency. Um, but you're right, can they rely on this guy to score the number of goals that Wolves are going to need? Mm. Um, you'd hedge your bets to say probably not, and it's 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 a tough ask. Mm. So whoever they do bring in, they has to have. They have to communicate to that person. Look, we need you to we need you to come in and score goals. As you're a professional footballer who's been sold for a lot of money, whoever this person is, if, if it does happen, you need to score goals and you need to come in and, and, and help this team. Um, I, I did say last week as well. You know, dependent on 
other players and dependent on uh, whether they see Cunha as a, as a option out wide as well. Wolves could bring in two forwards. They do have a lot of options out wide, so mm. it would potentially depend on, on movement. But um, I, do, I really do think Wolves need an out-and-out striker, someone who's got a record of scoring goals mm. and who's going to come in and, and right from the mm. off fit into this team. And that's a very, very difficult thing to do, by the way. And it, the pressure's on Wolves to find that because... Those kind of players go for a hell of a lot of money. So it's a very difficult deal to do. But for Wolves of Premier League safety, I really think they need it. And I think this will be done. And look, people people definitely get lines. But I think that whoever they're going to go for, whether it's going to be a big player, whether it's going to be a big money player, they will be trying to make it as quiet as possible. They will make it very difficult, I think, for, for you, for a lot of journalists to try and do it. They'll want to do this behind closed doors as much as possible because, one... They don't want to make a big fuss, and two, they don't want other teams to to players who who may or may not be available. But what what fills me with the, that bit of confidence is that you know and I know that Lopetegui is not going to take this challenge on if he wasn't promised A, B, C, D, and E, and that's going to be funds and hopefully potentially players as well. So I do feel confident that they will get someone in, um, whether it's Cunha or, or someone else. Hopefully. Maybe both, you know what I mean? You don't. Wait, you, Jose? Well, <laughs> let's, not, uh, let's not go crazy. I don't want to go straight to League One from the Premier League. Um, but I think it'll happen. And they've got a bit of time, haven't they, as well? You know, you look at it. OK, well, you can't bring anyone in until, until January the 1st. Yes, they've got the game against Man United January the 4th. Then they've got an FA Cup game as well. So you're looking at mid-January. You've got a little bit of time to get someone in across the line. It's not like you've got... In previous years, a game, game, game. You get to the middle of January, you've played four Premier League games. You know, so they've got that on their side, and you know they're going to be very much hunting, and they have been doing for some for some time now. So I'm I'm fairly confident. And it's funny, isn't it? You know, you, you're bottom of the table. You could to drift a little bit at this moment in time, and yet from everything that you see about Lopetegui, um, the pictures, the videos, the interviews that he's done. You just feel like you're in safe hands. You really do. And I understand that, you know, we'll, we'll see very, very soon, you know, how Wolves do look. And it might take a couple of games. Of course it will do. But there is that bizarre confidence from, from my point of view anyway that they're going to be OK. And I think he almost, without saying it, he almost alludes that I think we're going to be OK too as well. You know, I'm, I'm pretty confident that I'll, I'll get a tune out of these players plus A, B, C, D and E who are going to come in, that Wolves will be will be, you know, safe from relegation this season. And I, I don't know, there's nothing that's saying that they're not, and they are going to be in a battle, but I just feel a lot more confident than I would do in, you know, let's say, no offence to Steve Davis or, you know, whatever. But if that if that situation was still happening or, or you know, Bruno is still in charge or, or someone else had come in where I'd be really nervous. I just feel like, my, you know, I've, I'm a little bit calmer than maybe what I potentially should be. I think that's his CV, isn't it? And the way he handles himself as well, he comes across as a very serious professional while also approachable, approachable person, which I think the players have echoed that as well. And of course, we spent a little bit, or I did anyway, spent a little bit of time with him at his, um, at his unveiling press conference. You were, of course, swan off on holiday already. Well, you know. Ever the professional. Oh, wow. It's astonishing. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he gives that aura off, doesn't he? That's the word that we've used on here, the word that some players have, have used. And he's got the, the pedigree and the CV behind him to back that up. So... Um, and equally, I think that confidence comes from that most Wolves fans know, and I think me and you know, that Wolves, the squad they've got, is better in the position they're in. Mm. They've got players there who have done it, have been sold for, for big money, have you know a lot of talent under their, in their locker, and, and they have not shown it. If he can bring a little bit of that out, mm. bring new signings in that are going to add to that and... Just increase really the um, the competition and the quality within the squad. The Wolves should have more than enough to stay mm. up. You look at some of the teams, and no disrespect to them, but a lot of them are on paper a lot worse than Wolves. Mm. Wolves have just got to start finding ways of scoring goals mm. and keeping it shut at the other end. Yeah, um, you know you've got Nunes. You know you talk about new signings, and we can talk about that. And people will roll their eyes and say new signings, but the likes of Geddes, who has played you know quite a decent and important part in these in these last two games. The, the likes of Nunes, we haven't really seen, you know, really have a, a quality game or, a, you know, someone you go, oh my God, he bossed that game, Nunes, you know, which, which basically what Wolves have brought him in to do that. Those are the kind of players you want to look to now, along with the likes of 
you know, Daniel Pedenzo flatters to deceive, let's be honest. Let's be honest, Pedro Neto, when he comes back, he's out there at the moment. It's still going to take a bit of time. Has flattered to deceive. He looks very, very good. But from a from an assist and a goals point of view, his record's very poor. So these are the kind of players that will need to step up to the play and assist, hopefully, one or two that come in. Adama Traor is the interesting one, isn't it, here? Um, I think that Lopetegui really likes him. Yeah. And I think that he's going to be a focal point. And I think out of all these plays and all these wide players, Adamatro is going to be that person who I think Lopetegui is going to put his arm around. You can almost see him coming out of himself a little bit, I think, in some of the pictures, in some of the videos, you know, leading dances, having fun in the car parks with kids. But that smile, that, that kind of, um, I guess, endearment that, that Wolves fans take, took to him so early, as well as the excellent performances before he tailed off and then went on loan to Barcelona in that great deal, hmm. um, has come back. And yes, time's running out with his contract, we, whether he signs a new deal or not. But I think that Lopetegui is going to make him one of the first people in his team sheet on that right-hand side and said, you can get this, keep this team up and you will be you know, handsomely rewarded if you choose to um, going into next season and the season beyond. We want to keep you at this club. And I think that's what... That's what Adama Traore needs, and um, for me, he could be a, he could be huge in this second half. Whether whether he, he signs a new deal with a, with a different club or not, I know some people have speculated saying if he does sign a pre-contract agreement, will he then be cast aside? I don't think he will be. I don't think Wolves can afford to do that. No, no. Position Wolves are in; they can't afford to do that. And and look, if he does sign a pre-contract agreement to go elsewhere, he's still out Wolves until until June. So, and he showed he's a professional that he can yeah. come and do that. He's not going to, you know. He's not going to be that person where he's going to be like, I'm not going to get injured, I'm not going to do that. He's, he will give you 100%. Yes, he's very frustrating. We all know we all know the issues regarding Adama Traore, Adama Traore, but at the same time, he also can completely change a game in one or two movements. And I think if you can get a little bit more consistency out of him with an arm around his shoulder, with a, a, a world-class coach in Lopetegui, that's a, that's a player... Who, if you've got someone focally, whether it's Raúl, whether it's you know Cunha, whether it's another person who is going to score goals and is going to provide goals, and actually I think his crossing towards the end before the break got a lot better, and there were some lovely dinks into that box where it just needed someone. Dio Costa, like you say, we struggled a little bit, but getting into those positions to put them away. I think you've seen that from the friendlies as well, haven't you? That he's um, he's been one of the first names on the team sheet. Of course, the core players still coming back from international duty and injuries and things like that but he, he's been someone that's been at the forefront uh, for Lopetegui in, in the short time so far um, I, I've spoken to people about it and as far as I understand it he's a big fan Lopetegui that is of um, of, of Adama um, and I think he will have that bit of love and, and do you remember I think it was after the Arsenal game Lopetegui was unveiled before the game he was mm -hmm. there watching and then there was that video afterwards um, Adama came out to do some sort of Warm downs and things like that, and mm. he was having that interview mm. with um, the Spanish. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I didn't know how to pronounce it, so I just sort of <laughs> danced around it. Um, <laughs> he uh, and Adama, they they sort of came over, and he, and he was hugging him, and he was talking to him about how important he's going to be, and and I think that is, you know, we've seen that already. Yeah. And and Steve Davis spoke about it. You put your arm around Adama, show him mm. a little bit of love, and mm. he responds to that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think he had that under Bruno. No. You could see how he was. I wouldn't say cast aside, and that's a bit unfair, but he definitely wasn't first on the team mm -hmm. sheet and he was very much a bit part player. Mm -hmm. um, under Steve, he was one of the first names on the team sheet. Sure. I think with Lopetegui, he most likely will be. I think he'll play a big part. Mm. And regardless, I know there was a question on this, so I can address it now. Regardless of whether he signs a pre-contract agreement or not, mm. Wolves cannot afford to let a player like that just sit on the bench no. the rest of the season or sit in the under-21s or do whatever. He's going to have a contract until June at the very least with mm -hmm. Wolves. And... That, provided he stays obviously in January there's no more uh, dodgy loan deals to, to Barcelona um, and Wolves are going to need him mm. of course they are and I think under Lopetegui he's going to have a real good chance of having a big impact last person I want to discuss um, a little bit and we've talked about Raul to death and we've talked about the situation and the fact that he hasn't helped himself with the way that he's he's potentially acting but he's back he's back in touch with the team now he's you know he's training he's playing we've got 45 minutes out of him and it remains to be seen what the future lies for Raul Jimenez but he definitely has a lot of making up to do with the fans and the fans with him and I said to you earlier on in the office that I don't think for any me 
any there's any chance of him, let's say, getting booed or something like that. You know, if he if he comes on the pitch or if he starts, definitely not. I would hope not as well. I don't. Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. And but I think both sides have got a lot of making up to do, and he has to show on the pitch that he's committed to Wolverhampton Wanderers. That's the most important thing. The World Cup has not helped him. Definitely has not helped him. But I think one person that the World Cup has helped and helped among the fan base is Huang Hee Chan, who obviously had a fantastic World Cup. Bearing in mind, he missed the first couple of games because he was injured. But to come in, obviously a very important player for Korea when he, when he, when he is fit, scored that winning goal, which got them through into that, into that huge game against Brazil was brilliant against Brazil. Shots left, right and centre. He's taken a two, two or three days, I think, to, to go with his family in Korea. And then he's come straight back to Marbella. He's done a couple of interviews. He's smiling. He's looks like he's come out of himself. All the players, obviously, you know, very much talking about his World Cup experience. And he looks a different person. And I feel, and like I say, we take social media with a pinch of salt, but He's almost got a fresh start, I think, with the fan base here now because they've seen how well he's done over there. They've seen, okay, prior to his first injury that he can finish. And I feel like we might see someone who definitely went into their shell um, towards the end of Bruno and obviously Steve Davis and then the injuries and, and the frustrations and you can get the fans getting on the back with the team. And it just wasn't a, a conducive environment for, for someone like that to really prosper. But I do feel those, the... the, the the slate's kind of wiped clean in, in, in terms of Huang Hee Chan and someone who you might even see start against Gillingham, um, pro- probably start against Gillingham um, or at least in against Everton and someone who could be great. And I feel like the fans have definitely gone from that, oh God, he's on the team sheet, ridiculous, to, to oh, let's give, him, let's give him a second chance here, which is great for, for both him and the fan base. Definitely. Look, he's earned that, I think, as well, hasn't he? By the way he's handled himself over, not just the World Cup, but also think... The last couple months and weeks leading up to the break, where he did have a bit of an awkward season, he had the you know the, the penalty miss in the Carabao Cup against Preston, he had the mistake against Newcastle, he had injury issues at times as well. Um, and just before the break, I, I, I did attempt to, to interview Huang in the in the in the mix zone. I'd love to see that 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 shout. Uh, <laughs> how's, how's, how's your Korean? Well, not very good. Um, <laughs> With some help of some Korean journalists who sort of translated, and bless him, you know his English wasn't wasn't great, and we, mm. we like he was really trying. I was really trying. We tried to make it work. That's no slight on him, by the way, because I can't speak Korean, so I don't blame him whatsoever. There's no slight on him, but his English wasn't great. And look, he's been trying to integrate. It's a very different culture. I know he came from Germany and Austria previously, so he has been in in Europe for a couple of years. But it is a very different culture. You've got to try and integrate yourself, learn the language. You look at the interview that, that Gemma at Wolves did with him um, after uh, one of the friendlies or the training sessions, whatever it was, the other day. Um, his English seems, albeit, don't get me wrong, it's not amazing. It definitely seemed better in that short space of time. Maybe he just didn't want to talk to me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Not many people want to talk to you. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm only doing this because I'm getting paid. <laughs> oh, right, exactly. Um, no, of course, you know, he seemed like a he seemed like a really genuine, nice guy who really wants to do well and he's really trying to do well. Um, he's a very committed player. He works very hard when he's on the pitch and he hasn't had the rub of the green, not just on the pitch, but also with injuries as well. Um, I think with this little bit of confidence boost from the World Cup, I think if Lopetegui can put his arm around him, again, he's another player I think that it's, it's a confidence player, needs a, a bit of a boost from the manager, needs beating up a little bit. If he can have that, I think he can be key for Wolves. Once again, I do think there's a real good player in there. We saw it in the early days when he first signed. And you look at the friendly against Cadiz and the way that... By the way, the Guedes pass into him was sublime mm. to, to put him through. Mm. But his first touch was absolutely wonderful. The way he drove into the box through the defence to put that uh, ball across, which was aimed at Raul, of course, the defender put it in. Um, he did very well. Now, it was one small moment within a friendly game, so we can't build him up too much from that. Um, but he's got it. He's a powerful runner. Uh, he's aggressive. And he brings something different to the Wolves team when he is given the opportunity and when he is on his game. Now, he's not been on it enough, but if Wolves can get that out of him and Lopetegui can get that out of him, mm-hmm. then I think he can be a real good player in the second half of the season. And I think he's someone who can add something to that forward line. Good stuff. Um, right, a little word from our sponsors before we take some questions from the peeps. Kettle and Toasterman, you know them well. Kettleandtoasterman.co.uk. In fact, I'm going to give their address here because some people might not know exactly where they are because you can, of course, go straight to the warehouse and looking for a little bit of a, a pre-Christmas present... Um, they are in Briley Hill. Where's that, Kino? 
Riley Hill. I'm not really good at my directions, you know. <laughs> you caught me off guard for a second. Um, Dudley. Dudley, Dudley. Uh, Thorns Road, Briley Hill, DY5, 2LD. Get yourself there. Get yourself picking some beautiful items. We are going to be there early January, Keena. We're going to be doing the podcast from there. But we talked about a couple of heating products because we are all freezing. I mean, my uh, my bedroom at the moment when I woke up this morning, 14 degrees. 14. Mate, mine was nine. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I have the shades on then. Mate, 14 would be balmy for oh me. I need to get into you. <laughs> Can I come sleep in your house? 14 degrees. No, no one me, and my Ju- bed, me, and, me and Jude look cook- cuddling. <laughs> I mean, it's been done in Lanzagrotti, let's be honest. Oh, um, but, we, we didn't even go there, but anyway. Okay. Oh, we didn't? Oh, we didn't where we we're in, oh, right? yeah, same, that's fine. They're both the same thing. Um, look, there's some, there's some great products here, and we talked about one of them, and it's actually their highest performer of the week, but a little heated under blanket in that bed. You put it in there. Mrs. got it the other day, and I'm like, oh, you don't need to do it. Honestly, I'm stealing it. I'm stealing it every single night now. They just put it onto two or three, nice and toasty. So you get in that bed. There's nothing worse than getting in that bed, and it's absolutely frigid. Which I've had pretty much every night. They're trying, trying to warm not me up. Not talking about Alana, by the way. <laughs> talking about the bed. Frigid. No and um, you stick this on for 10, 15 minutes. Just that little warm, toasty feeling that you need just to relax. Fifteen pounds. A warm light, single heated under blanket, or if you want a double one, twenty quid as well. So get yourself down kettlandtoasterman.co.uk for your greatest products from a heating point of view of all time. Right. Questions from the beautiful people. Are you ready, Kino? I'm ready. Andrew Hadfield, think we are solid on the left with Ryan and Hugo, not so much on the right. Any possible incomings with right fullback, he says. Yeah, I, I agree with um, with his uh, analysis there. Um, I, I'm struggling a little bit, though, with, with right back because Johnny and, and Semedo are two players that I still have confidence in that we know are better than what they've shown. Um, they've both been pretty poor, particularly Johnny, if we're going to be honest, uh, in the first half of the season. But Where we, is Johnny at this moment in time? Injured. Um, okay. So, <laughs> waiting to hear more on that at the moment as it stands. Um, but he's not been involved in any of the, 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 the friendlies. But he, has, he was out there in Marbella with the squad. Um, yeah, so I'm struggling a little bit with right back because you've got two players there who have played at a very good level, played international football, who I think can offer a hell of a lot more than they are doing. At the same time, they haven't done it this season. And you can argue, like, like this question is, the Wolves need a right back. So um, I think it's a real um, stick or twist position for Wolves and Lopetegui uh, in January. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised either way, really. Um, we did address this last week in the podcast. Look, we're waiting to, to see and hear where they might go other than sort of centre-back and forward at the moment. Um, but right back is certainly a position that I wouldn't rule out, but we need to see how they, how they assess Johnny and, and, and Semedo, really, and where, and where they want to go. Um... Okay, good stuff. Um, let's have a look. Uh, Dom Russ says, would be good to discuss the leadership structure now. Bruno talked up Kilman, but noticed with Neves being aware that Jean Moutinho has been given the armband. It's a good question. Yeah, definitely. I think it's... Uh, look, we'll, we'll definitely be asking Lopetegui about that when we get an opportunity to, to speak to him ahead of the Gillingham game. Um, it's no surprise that Moutinho has been handed that. He's experienced, uh, you know, a fully-fledged international, someone who has been there and done it at several different levels. So absolutely no surprise. Um, I would be shocked if Neves doesn't keep the captaincy mm. because um, for obvious reasons yeah, he course. has it in the first place. Lopetegui knows him and, and he's very close with him. So, But a change in vice, you think, there? But I, cha- I, I, would, I would imagine so. Look, I'm a big fan of Max Kilman, um, but I don't think he yet has the right leadership qualities. And I think it's, some, it's a real big um, position for him to improve. Um, I do... I. For the reasons that Bruno gave, in the in the in the sense that he came through the academy to an extent. Of course, they brought him in at twenty one level. He would he's not from the area, but he came through the academy to an extent um, that they want Wolves want players who've who've come through the system and have got the the club in their blood, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I do think there's a position for Max in the leadership structure at Wolves somewhere where he has a voice and somewhere that um, he you know he he is a he's a character within that squad. But I don't think he's quite at the, the 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 vice captain or top end of that leadership structure. So it'd be interesting to see how Wolves address that, and and, and something we'll be looking at for sure. And look, it's 
not going to say kick up the backside, but it's it's definitely certain. There's going to be certain players here who maybe were in a bit of a comfort zone of playing that are going to be tested. They their character's going to be tested. They might be on the find themselves on the bench. They might find themselves out of the squad. Or you know, there's definitely going to be certain changes here, which needed by the way for people to maybe just uh, say, okay, let's look at myself here now. Let's look at you know what's my performance like on the pitch. Am, am I doing the best at what I possibly can? So I think that's all good, really. I think it's important that we can um, that there are a few changes there, and obviously he's starting to make them, which is which is good to see. Right, let's do the next question. Um, Whitey, we answered your question about Adama. Uh, Ronan Gibbons, gun to your head. Where do where do we finish in the league this season? I think, did we say this last week? I, I went 16th, and I'm going to stick with that for the time being. I, I don't think it's going to be an easy ride, definitely. Um, but I think they'll get enough out of the squad and hopefully make a couple of additions that, that add real quality as well. Yeah, I'm going to say around 15th, 16th. Yeah. But I think, I, think, I think they'll be OK. We'll take that. It's a, by the way, I mean, we're previewing it next week, but it is a massive game at Everton, by the way, isn't it? Massively. Massive game. Again, probably something for me that um, people probably won't like to hear it. For me, it's almost as important that you don't get beat there. Oh, I completely agree. You don't get yeah. beat there. You want to keep them in that in that battle, but you Complete, don't want to get beat. Completely agree. Okay. Um, Adrian. Adrian says, can you seriously see us? I only say that because uh, the... <laughs> One of us, one of our photographers came in today, and he looked literally like he had that rocky little cap on, didn't he? I, I, I was feeling more Billy Jean, to be honest. Really? But I, but I can, uh, yeah, it was a I, terrible I, cap for his age. It was awful. I hope he, I hope he doesn't listen to this. So I'm not going to mention any names, Steve. Um, and um, <laughs> he said, Adrian says, can you seriously see us staying up? How many points required this time as 40 points looks way out of reach? Before I ask you, Kino, there... Um, he says 40 points looks way out of reach. For me, they won't need to get to 40 to stay up, I don't think, this year. Um, the last few years, and I know obviously things can change, um, 36 points would have kept you up last season. Um, Burnley had 35 and went down. Astonishingly, the season before, 29 points would have kept you up. That's I mean, that's, that, I think that must be one of the lowest of all time. Um, Fulham went down on 28 and actually Burnley was 17th on 39 but 29 points would have got you to stay up um, I don't think it'll be that low this season don't don't get me wrong and the season before 35 points Aston Villa stayed up by the skin of their teeth on 35 and let me just go back to one more year bear with me 2018-2019 35 points again would have would have got you to stay up so I'm going to take the average of them and I'm going to say you need around 36 points to stay up this season. So I don't think it's going to be 40. I think 40 guarantees you safety. Um, but it's probably going to more, be more like 36. Wolves are on 10 at this moment in time. They've got how many more games to play? Kino? <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah, I just right? lost my uh, thing. Let me have a look. They have got... So let's say they need... So they've got, they've got 10 points. They need 26 more points. And they have got... So they've played 15 at this moment in time. So they have 23 games left. So 23 games left, and they need probably 26 more points. When you look at it like that, and you break it down, that's very doable, isn't it? Yeah, maths is not my strong point, by the way, so don't ask me. No, I know. I had to to work (laughs) it out there myself. But, um, sorry. Yeah, 23 games left, sorry. Because it's thirty, they play thirty-eight. Mate, I couldn't, I couldn't they, play 30, they play thirty. They play thirty-eight. So twenty-three games left, and they need to get basically twenty-six points. Yeah, it's just over a point a game. Yeah, which you're right, is very doable. Mm. Um, and I think we do we both estimate around about nine, ten wins in the remaining games. So mm. that would that would keep you that would keep you there. That, that would keep that would that yeah. would keep you up, and you know, throwing some draws there as mm. well. It could be seven, eight wins and a few draws yeah, that could keep right. you up as well. Yeah, you're right, exactly. So I, I do think, I really do think Wolves have got more than enough to do it. There's definitely a breath of fresh air around the club at the moment with a new manager coming in. We've spoken about his stature and CV and pedigree and what he brings. Uh, the players will react to that and bounce off that, feed off that. You add players to that in January. And I think, look, folks aren't stupid. They they know they're gonna, probably going to have to spend to keep Wolves in the league. Um, add all those ingredients together and I see a team... Uh, and a structure and an environment that is definitely capable of staying up. Um, you've just got to make a lot of key decisions and make the right decisions. Um, 
but I would battle Batigi to do that with what he's done in the past. So um, there is quiet optimism, I would say, at the moment. Or maybe not even that quiet, to be fair, if you look at some of the fan base who are quite excited by what he'll bring. Um, but equally, you can't forget the failures of the last couple of months as well. They've got to do a hell of a lot better. Yeah, um, there's a few questions we've kind of answered here. Wayne says, watching the friendly games, relegation is a reality, he says. The defence is abysmal. Kilman not the same player without Cody next to him, barking orders. Big mistake letting him gr letting him go. Uh, the wonder kid from Clearwater says, outside of own goals, where do you see Gents? Because obviously there were a few own goals the other day. Where do you see Gents there? See, see the goals coming from the second half of the season? Uh, Cunha is potentially a 10 goal a season scorer. Um, he's got to transition to the Premier League, again, what we talked about. And um, what, what do you say? I mean, do you we talked about Cody really. Um, Kilmer not really the same player. Cunha coming into to potentially a difficult environment and asking him to adapt pretty quickly. It's all relatively unfair questions. Yeah, absolutely. There's no complaints really there. I think with Max, we've still seen what he's capable of, even without Cody um, in, in the squad. And I do think look, he's, a, he's a player who stands on his own two feet and he's a very good footballer. Equally, he's also struggled at times, uh, several times this season. So there, there's a lot more to come from Max, but I do think, as I said earlier in the podcast, they need him and Collins both need a little bit of guidance at the moment. Um, and Wolves could do with, if I'm honest, probably two senior centre back signings. Whether there's there's a loan in there and a, a one permanent or whatever it might be, but I, I think they need two mm. because Mosquera is probably going to go on loan. Totti Gomez, I'm a big fan of him, but I don't think you can rely on him in the current battle that Wolves are in. Um, I think he's a player who comes in and plays five, six, seven more games this season, but isn't a starter every week. He may have to be if they play five of the back until they can make a sure. signing, but I, I don't think he's someone you rely on at this moment in time. So they need probably two centre-back signings. From we, my, we, talk about, we talk about European players and potential um, you know, Lopetegui's contacts, etc. as well. Could you see Wolves going back in for someone like a Michael Dawson? Um, obviously linked with him. Um, Craig Dawson Craig Dawson not Michael Dawson <laughs> uh, he'd be a bit past it a little a bit little Michael bit Dawson uh, Craig Dawson you know someone who obviously has got a lot of Premier League experience and now West Ham is struggling as well in the league and well unlike Wolves I might not want to, to sell or, or to loan someone out to a relegation rival because they are only a few points above Wolves at this moment in time I'm sure West Ham will be okay but um, that would be an interesting one look it might be where you might have to start giving players rather being loan or loan to a permanent so a, a two-year deal, maybe you want, might not have to, you might want to give them a one-year deal, but a two-year deal just to get them away, and they'll probably want to get them off the wage books. But someone like that, someone like Dawson coming in, for me would be, I think they'd be folly if they didn't look look at that again and see if that's a, a deal to be done there. If you want to bring in multiple uh, centre backs, yeah, I think there's there's something that can be done there. Definitely, it'd be interesting because, of course. Yeah, as we all know, Wolves tried to get him in the in the summer, but um, a change in manager now, he's going to have a very clear idea of the kind of players he wants to bring in and whether someone like a Dawson would be on Lobotigi's radar. Now, he'll be on the club's radar and there's people at the club who may be pushing for, for Wolves to sign him, but you have to be aware that attitudes may change towards certain targets, particularly when a new manager comes in. Um, one to watch, I would say. I think there's there's potential, um, but we'll, um, we'll, we'll wait and see. Like, I agree with you. I think it'd be someone who could definitely add value. Uh, a few questions, uh, we'll have to race through them, but Sam says, well, I'll couple these two together again. Is our only ambition staying up this season or will J-Lo be eyeing a top half finish and a cup win? Dan says, what formation do you boys think Julian will go with uh, for the remainder of the season? Personally, for me, a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1 would be my preference. Um, what I would say, and we'll go back to the start of the podcast and talking about maybe winning ugly and, and going three at the back or five at the back, depending on how, we, how you see it. Um... What I would say is if you want to be a bit more expansive, maybe Lopetegui might use the Carabao Cup to say, well, I tell you what, if we let's have a good go at this, but let's go attacking. Let's almost use it as a um, as a relief away from the league and let's be attacking. And if we're going to go down, we're going to go down fighting and we'll make it as entertaining as we possibly can. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, well, that's fine. We've got we've got bigger bigger fish to fry. I think we'll see it, like you say, against Gillingham, which we'll preview in a little bit of time. But if they get through that in the rest of the competition, which, let's be honest, it's a quarter-final, semi-final, all of a sudden you're in a final. If they can do it and be expansive and, and play that kind of football that maybe Lopetegui wants to play, but can't quite do it in the league just yet, um, we might see that and then maybe be a, bit, be a bit more defensive and cautious in the Premier League to start with. That, that'll be a small bit of trepidation because 
first game as the new manager at Molyneux against a league opposition, the last thing you want to do is lose that game. I mean, you can't go gung-ho to the point where you're in danger of losing that game. Equally, if Wolves play a five at home to League Two Gillingham, I'd be very surprised. I really would. Um, but I'm a little bit torn, but I'm starting to edge towards maybe they might go with a five, particularly away. This is at Everton, sorry. Particularly when you're away from home, Premier League, grind out a few results. I can definitely see that happening. Um, I think overall the the idea for Lopetegui would be to to move towards a 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1 in the long term, but short term he may have to to abandon that in, in, in favour of just getting Wolves a few results. And if if he does that and it works, I don't think anyone's going to care. Paul Wick answered your question about, about Costa earlier on. Andy Matthew says, who are the three worst teams in the Premier League um, that we need to finish that we need to finish above? I think he says in the in, in his comment he says uh, Bournemouth, uh, Forest, and Southampton. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I would agree with those three. I would also throw. I'm not saying that Wolves will finish above all these teams, but I think the teams that are in the mix alongside Wolves, Everton. I've said this for months ago, and even when they were winning games, I said they're they're gonna they're gonna fall into a trap because I really don't think they've got enough goals mm-hmm. in that team, um, and I think they're a bit unbalanced and weak. And I'm not 100 percent sure on Lampard as a manager, so I think they'll be in and around it. Um, Leeds as yeah. well will be one that, particularly if they decide to change manager, what mm-hmm. they may or may not do in January, they'll be in and around it. So look, Wolves are are not cut adrift as you said earlier in the podcast, but equally they're not out of it. So it's going to be a very very difficult battle. But Wolves, there's, a, there's there's hope there because I think there's a lot of clubs that on paper are worse than Wolves. Yeah, Southampton, Forest, and Leeds for me would be the um, yeah would be the three. Last one from Reggie. What have you and Liam Keane asked Santa for Christmas? <laughs> Um, to be honest, I don't even remember. I think. What would you like? Um, I'll take a massage gun. A massage gun. Oh, yeah. a Theragun. If you like, yeah. I don't know. What well, that's the branded product. Yeah. But, um, oh, I'll take a cheap one of Amazon. A cheap one. Okay. I'll take one of them. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm not actually to get me this. I think my some from my family is going to sort me out. But <laughs> um, I, I don't really know. Well, you know, it's uh, it's all about spending time with family. And okay. Eating food. I just. Um... There's only one thing that I need, and that's a Celine Dion. My heart will go on CD. Would be great. And a new laptop. And <laughs> potentially, potential new laptop. Um, right, Gillingham, we're back. We're back in action, baby. Thank God for oh that. Oh my God, feels good. Get, get I'm not. Even, I'm not even, I haven't even mentioned World Cup. I won't be mentioning World Cup. Can't be bothered. Whatever. Oh, I forgot about that, yeah. yeah. Forget about it. No one, no one wants to listen to us drone on about England. Anyway, Tuesday night we see Lopetegui's first game in action, and look, he can lead them into a, a quarter final. Which, by the way. You know, all of a sudden, you're two games away from Wembley. Uh, they should be beating Gillingham, let's be honest. But two games away, you get a couple of ties. There's a couple of teams that are still in it that probably aren't playing, you know, massively strong sides because they're going to have Champions League or they're going to have relegation worries as well. There's plenty of championship sides left in there. This is an amazing opportunity for Wolves. I understand that they're, they're more important things, but winning... If you can just start winning games, if you can score in goals, as we've said, that will always help games on a Saturday. And it's not as if you're playing every Tuesday, every Wednesday night. You know, you, you like you say, there's only three more games left after Gillingham. So let's hope that they get the win. Um, what do you think he'll go? Obviously, you've got players starting to come back. You've got the Portuguese lads coming back now as well. Um, Wolves are going to be pretty much um, have his squad, apart from the new signings, ready for that game. Um, what do you think he'll go with squad-wise? Difficult one for you to say, I think, at this moment in time. But also, what a, what a great game to come into as your first game, as a bit of an extension as well to this winter break. It's a, it's a good opportunity, it really is, because you come in, look, no disrespect to, to Gillingham, but they're a team that, as you say, Wolves should be beaten. They're bottom of League Two. They've won two games all season. They've scored, believe this, six goals in 20 games. Oh, wow. Which I didn't think anyone with a worse record than Wolves existed but somehow it oh, does oh they got through <laughs> I know but well you funny you mentioned that but you have to look at how they got through and they beat um, Premier League Brentford on, on penalties it was 1-1 in that game they came back back from 1-0 down Ivan Tone don't you dare go to say anything about penalties I just want to get oh, in and mate. out it is no. Baltic out there um, Ivan Tony scored after three minutes in that game and they came back and scored a late equaliser and won on penalties so uh, and look at the team that Brentford played that day as well if you go back and look at it they played a very strong team bar one or two players so um, it's not going to be easy I'm not going to sit here and say Wolves are going to win 6-7-0 and it's going to absolutely trounce them um, but the expectation is for Wolves to win this game of course it is for my money what I would do and what I really hope Lopetegui does 
is I hope he goes as strong as possible. You've got a six-day gap um, up until mm. the Boxing Day game, mm. um, after the Gillingham game, and that's more than enough time for the players to be rested and ready to go for Boxing Day. I think he plays as strong as possible. What I think he will do is I think he will go very strong, but add in one or two players like perhaps a Joe Hodge might start. Hodge has played a big part in the preseason games. I know uh, they've had a couple players away, obviously Neves and Nunes away with the World Cup. But I, you know, he obviously likes Hodge from what we've seen. Um, I like Hodge from what I've seen of him play, and I think he's got a good chance of starting that game potentially. But I really hope he goes strong because it's a great opportunity under the lights at Molyneux, your first game as manager, to get a good result and a good performance under your belt to take into that Boxing Day game, which of course is far more important. But if you can put together a good cup run, it's going to do wonders for the confidence. Who's your front three? Is it, do you feel it'll be Traore, Costa, Guedes? That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Costa plays uh, against Gillingham, and I think um, potentially Raul could come in for, for Everton, but it's going to be a little bit of a, a toss of the coin. Mm. Um, Quang, Quang with a chance, or do you think he'll be on the bench? He's definitely got a chance, but I think having come back from the World Cup, I, th- I think he's on the bench. Look at the Cadiz game as well. He came on at half-time and then came off with about 15, 20 minutes or so to go. Mm. Didn't look like it was anything to do with injury. More Start, Starts versus Brazil and on the bench versus Gillingham. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it didn't look like an injury. It looked more to do with him, his game yeah. time, him just coming yeah. back. So I would expect him on the bench. I think Pedenza's got a good chance to be involved. Um, very much dependent on whether he goes 4 through 3 or mm. whether he plays 4 2 3 1. Pedence could maybe then play in behind, and we could have him, Geddes, and mm. uh, Costa and Adamo all playing mm. um, with maybe Matinho and Hodge as the midfielders. Yeah, good shout. Um, Quite like that, actually. Yeah, no, so do I. So uh, it'd be interesting, it really will. But I, I think it's, a, it's an opportunity to go as strong as possible within the realms of keeping one eye on on on, uh, on Boxing Day as well and um, and getting a win and a good performance into your belt because it will do a, a good regardless of the you know the opposition and the competition get a good start as Wolves manager and get a win and get into a quarter final and get into a quarter final which albeit it's not an easy quarter final anything could happen um, and thankfully thankfully after after what feels like years I can now say Liam King, can we have a prediction for next week, please, for the game? And it's Wolves against Gillingham. This season, I've been flying, flying with the predictions, right? Flying, So I'm going to go, Yeah. not heavy yeah, scoring, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm yeah. going to go 2-0 Wolves. 2-0 Wolves, comfortable. I, I think it's going to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be... They're not going to blow us out of the water, but I think they're going to fa- breathe through them fairly easily. And there'll be a lot of chances that they're going to spurn, but it'll be 2-0. Okay, I'm going I'm to build it up here. I'm going to build it up. Oh, so I, I, know, I know Wolves are at home. I'm going to say... I'm gonna say Chillingham nil. Wolverhampton Wanderers five. I knew you were gonna say that. Five. Five I hope you're right. nil wolves. I think it's gonna start. We're gonna be it's not gonna be the, the heat, it's not gonna be the flames before the game, it's not gonna be the light show that's gonna keep us warm. It's gonna be the goals at Molyneux. Can't wait. Well you talk about the weather. Mm. I think it's meant to be a little bit warmer early, well, early next go. week. Is it? I am going to the under eighteen game tomorrow night, which oh, it's nice to see you at we, another game, yeah. yeah shut up. Is yeah. um which is gonna be Friday if you're mm. listening to this. Um and I think it's gonna be about minus three at, <laughs> at Kidderminster for that game. Um I think it's gonna be about seven or eight when we're watching Gillingham. So oh. if, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be oh. just t-shirt and shorts, mate. It's going to oh. be boiling. Happy days. <laughs> uh, can't wait. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Um, I shall maybe post my fancy dress party outfit for the 30th birthday party on Saturday night, maybe. Oh, that's this weekend. Is it? It's this weekend. Please, if you don't post it, please send me a picture. I will, I will send you a picture of what I've decided to go with. But uh, In fact, yeah. you reminded me, I need to show you a picture of my moustache. Oh, God. Well, um, we'll do that now because I'm going now. I'm going now. We've got to go. Um, from me, from Keno, have a great weekend. We shall see you at Gillingham on Tuesday night. The Lopetegui era is about to begin. Uh, have a great weekend. Take care. Bye-bye.